It says in the Svarim that every Hanukkah is unique. Hanukkah Tavshin Pei Gimel was different than Hanukkah Tavshin Pei Beis. Hanukkah Tavshin Reish was different than Hanukkah Tavshin Reish Aleph. And undoubtedly, Hanukkah Tavshin Pei Dalit will be totally different than any other Hanukkah we've experienced. This in ways which we easily see and perceive, and of course in ways that are beyond our comprehension. So I want to speak for a few minutes in a way which is authentic to what Hanukkah is all about each and every year, and should be each and every year, but also in a Tavshin Pei Dalit way. Rav Simcha Wasserman, the son of Rav Afanon Wasserman, used to quote a medrash about Noach, and he said there were three Noachs, the medrash says. There was Noach before the Mabel, before the flood, there was Noach during the flood, there was Noach after the flood. And he used to say about himself that there was Simcha Wasserman before the Holocaust, there was Simcha Wasserman during the Holocaust, and there was Simcha Wasserman after the Holocaust. And there are those that say a similar idea. There are those of us before October 7th, during this period, and hopefully the best version after October 7th. So let's see a little bit how Hanukkah and our period work together. V'teitzi Dina bas Leia. Leia went out. Dina went out. V'yar osa shechem ben chamor. V'yikach osa. V'yishkav osa. V'yanel. Dina was defiled by... Shechem ben Chamor. V'yakov shama ki tima es dina bito. Yaakov heard this. One of Hayav Mekneo, his sons were busy. V'sada v'ekrish Yaakov abom. Yaakov didn't react until he came. V'yetzei chamor abi shechem el Yaakov l'dabar ito. Friendly. Spoke to him. Let's make a deal. V'nei Yaakov bom in asada kishamon v'yisiyatsu l'anashim. They were saddened first. V'yichar l'amod. It was very, very angry. Angersome to them. Kinevola Asta, Asa Bisrael. A terrible action was done. Hey, in his act. Lishkovas Bas Yaakov. Kenyasa. Inappropriate, to the, say the least. Viyavo Shamor was skipping ahead. Viyavo Shamor, Shem Benoel, Shari Rum, Vidabralan Shirum. Lemor, of course, Shema Belevi, and the sun said, let's make a deal. We can all work it with this good work. We can get together. Just, you have to do brismila, so that'll, that'll, that'll be the grease which will allow us to hit best arrangements. And Chamor and Shechem Beno went to the city and they told them, etc. Hanashim Elis Shlemim Itanu, Yeshu Baritz, Hespinosam Nikach Lanu Lanashim, Hespinosinu Nitim Lahem. He says, but you have to do Mila. Okay, and they did Mila, skimming ahead a little bit. Ve'yibiyam HaShlishi, Yosem Kovim, Yichu HaShnei, everybody knows what happens next. Shnei ben Yaakov, Shimvalevi, Achi, Achi, Dina, the brothers of Dina, Ish Charbo, Yavolir, Batach, Yargu Kolzachar, and they decimated the city. Veshchamor, Veshchem Beno, Hargu, the Ficharv, Vichua Dina, Mibesh Shchem Vietu. They saved Dina, took her home. End of story. That part. What's Yaakov's reaction? You got me into trouble. Give me a bad reputation. Everybody could wipe me out. There are a lot of enemy forces around. What was Shimon and Levi's response? Father Yaakov, should he have been allowed to defile our sister? So who was right? 
Yaakov or Shimon Velevi? So from the Pshuta Shemikra, just from the simple understanding of the Psukim, the way they speak to us, Yaakov didn't respond. Yaakov knew how to answer people. He didn't respond. He heard the truth. He heard the emiss in Shimon Velevi's response. More so, we have a concept in Allah called Shtika Koda. If you're quiet, it means you agree. So certainly at this point, it would look like that they were right. We're going to get back to that. Maybe the most featured part of our struggle with the Yavanim and all the phrases we talk about is the phrase, Rabin Biad Matim. I would argue you hear that one more than anything else. Rabin Biad Matim, the many in the hands of the few. That miracle of the many in the hands of the few. It truly is a miracle, for sure on a military level, that a few defeated so many. But there's another message in that. There's a medrash which isn't quoted enough, which in a certain sense gives the tone to what all Hanukkah is about and the whole battle of Hanukkah is about. And it's interesting, and it should give us pause for thought that many of you might have never heard this medrash, and it could be in your life you wouldn't hear this medrash that this isn't shared. So here's the story. With Matis Yo. Matis Yo ben Yochan Gadol, Kishorot, Xeris Akashus, when he saw that it was going, Borach Lahar Modais. That's why people relate uh, Hanukkah to Modin somewhere around there. I don't know exactly the archaeology, it's very interesting. Lahar Modais. Okay, and then the, the, the um, Greek general's name was Folifas. Vyiftuchu Anche Folifas, Bidir Shalom Matis Yo. So Matzio is positioned with a certain safety, and this the, the Polyphus' people started speaking to him. In Yaskin Lasas Mitzvah Samelach, it's enough, he's standing against the Yomerlah. Matzio answered them, Aniyas Mitzvah's Malki Ose, I'll do my mitzvahs, I'll do the mitzvahs of my king. But tell them that's who mitzvahs Malkichem, and you can do your mitzvahs of your Melech. The Yilgulav, sorry, Yavan. And the prince of Yavan were making fun of him. And one of the Jewish people who got off the derech, one of the misyabnim, preached like Lashem Parutz, and he turned to the Greek people and said, How are you guys being sold with this? How are you allowing this? Take out Matisyo, Now that Matisyo didn't respond to. But this Kofa, this heretic, whatever you call him, Moser, Ubedabro Kane, Vika Chazir, he took a pig, Vayitas Yatizas Rosho, and he shechted it. Lalosal Mizbachatzon. There was a, some type of Vodazara oriented Mizbeach there. And this fellow took a Chazir, a pig, and offered it. This, this Jew, Asheri Mohim. And now Matsyo reacts. And his anger was ignited. When they spoke against him, he didn't say anything. But when he saw such a such an act against the Bonashon, the kin of the Nakama of the Kadashbor who act, Vishlo he took out his sword, Vidali Bafetu Bigvura, and he ran into the enemy camp, and he killed him. And then he killed the Greek that was next to him. And he 
the other Greeks ran away. That's how the war started. What do you see here? What, what do we see in this story? What, what, what do we see in Matasyo? That's interesting. If you talk about so many aspects of Hanukkah, we don't talk about this aspect. So let me share what I see. I see intolerance. I see a fire. I see a statement that this can't be. A chazer here to a vodazara, a pig. And when something so heinous, so negative, we're going to fight with our lives to eradicate it. We're going to fight with our lives. You make cheshbonus to make sure it doesn't happen again. And we may have no promise of victory, but it makes no difference. Because we aren't fighting for victory, we're fighting for truth. And we can't be patient and understanding about the wickedness we see. That lack of patience is what made Hanukkah. That was the call of Shimon and Levi to the generation. Father Yaakov, you're making calculations this way, that way. What's going to be? We're putting ourselves in danger. But something horrible happened. We can't shut up to that. This needs a reaction. Powerful, decisive, and as soon as possible. And this, I believe, is what Rabbiyan Matim is all about. Why were there so few? Why was Rabbiyan Matim? Militarily, that was, a, that was true. Where were the Matim? You know why they were Matim? Because there were only a few enlightened individuals who were truly ready to fight. There were only a few tzaddikim who answered the call. And it wasn't just a few against the great Greeks, the Yavanim. It was equally, if not more, against the Misyavnim, as we see in this story. Jews who were misguided and already staked their lot with the Greeks and didn't want to know about the ways of the Maccabim and the others. We were saved by pure people. One Pach Shemin, one jar of Shemin Zayetzach, pure olive oil. People who were pure, pure olive oil. So what does this mean? We go kill anybody who disagrees with us. Let's go back to the story of Shimon and Levi for a moment. We said they had the last word and left left Yaakov speechless. We go to the next story. That is the story, as is in Parshas Vayishlach. But Yaakov does respond decades later, at the end of his life in Parshas Vayichi. Shimon Levi, Achim, Clay Hamas Mechorasayim. Their weaponry is a stolen craft. Hmm, it's not so good. Besodom al Nafshi. In their secret encounter, my nefesh shouldn't come. Bikaholam. In their community, I'll take it My honor should not be. I don't want to be with them. I don't want to be with Shimon Levi. I'm going to distance myself, you could say. Kiba'akam harguish. In their rage, they killed a man. Who is the Ish? Rashi says it was Chamor and the men of Shechem, referring back to that story. Yaakov says, I'm distancing myself from Shimon Levi. Or up on Kiaz, cursed is their anger, because it's intense, and their wrath for it is harsh. Achalkem, I have no other recourse. Achalkem be Yaakov Afitza and be I will spread them out amongst the Jewish people. So we see Yaakov's very, very sharp response, indeed. <coughs> But why did he say something in Parshish Vayishlach? 
This is years and decades later. Decades later, at the end of his life. And how can it be if Shimon Levi were really so bad that Levi would such reach such prominence in our history as being the shade of Kuna? Shavi, Levi was the one who became Kuna Levia. And being those who stood with Moshe at and answered his call of Mila Shemilai, who is with, for God to me. And the eventual saviors in the Hanukkah story was, was that Levi, Kohanim. They Koanim That was Levi. And more so, Rashi brings the spreading out is going to be that Shimon will be the Malamdim. The teachers of Torah to tender Jewish children is going to be from them. And Levi will spread out amongst the whole Jewish people to get Trumas and Miserus. So how does that all fit? Is Yaakov right? Are they right? Are they good? Are they bad? But Yaakov Kamenetsky points out a huge difference between Shimon and Levi. Levi, as we mentioned, became Kahuna, and Levia, they stood by Moshe. So Rabbi points out, and I had, they were the ones who were the leaders in our Hanukkah story, the Ma'atim. We don't find such by Shimon, and unfortunately sometimes we find the opposite by Shimon. His kanos, his zealousness, his fire came out in the Pincha story in the most ugly way. Zimri ben Solo, who stood up against the Torah leadership at the times and did illicit, disgusting public acts, was from Shimon. So what's the difference between Shimon and Levi? Let's put this all together. Let's put this all together. Yaakov saw the greatness of what Shimon and Levi did in Shechem. They were the ones who was called in the pasuk Achi Dina. They were the brothers of Dina. They were the brothers in a time of need. The only ones who answered the call of action. And they were right in their feeling and their reaction because And it's specifically so that Yaakov didn't respond. And the Torah leaves us in Parshas Vayishlach with that sense, that hashkafa, that truth. And we didn't answer there. But there's a tremendous danger in such actions. You can jump, you can do it for the wrong reasons. You can say it's for God and it's really for you. It's a fire, but it's a dangerous fire. So Yaakov had to split them up. And this is Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's biggest chiddush, I think. That the historical difference that we find between Shimon and Levi was based on a situational difference that we find between Shimon and Levi. Levi as the priest was excluded from the servitude in, servitude in Egypt and Mitzrayim. That allowed Levi and Levi alone the opportunity to? Steig. You read my notes? You read my mind? <laughs> to Steig. <laughs> the generational burden of slavery was a generational burden. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, 80 years didn't apply to Levi. They were learning all that time. Mitzrayim was a big base measure for them. Totally different experience than the rest of the Jewish people. 
Shimon and slavery with the rest of the Jewish people didn't have that learning opportunity. Torah keeps the fire alive, learning Torah, and should even strengthen it and build the passion. Sober Merabonan, a Raisuduma Kamadaratakbe, says if you see a Tamil Chacham who gets angry, you should don him like Havschus because the, all right, the Torah makes him more uppity. But it also tempers and gives proper boundaries. The natural fire gets strengthened by Torah, can even turn into a bigger blaze, but also tempers it. It also refines it and gives it boundaries. So Levi reached the proper balance. He had the fire of Kazon Yasaf Hoseinu, and Rabbi Yaakov was Machadish that through his years of learning in Egypt, he had that sense of when to be tolerant and when not. And that fire, Yaakov saw what Machadchem need. Those who teach Torah need that. To really care, to stay up thinking about your students, to go the extra mile. Shimon and slavery with the rest of the Jewish people didn't have that opportunity. So his fire was never refined the same way. So it stayed a dangerous fire. So let's put this together. So the message of Hanukkah, in a very simple way, to produce a Hanukkah, you need a rage. You need a fire. You need an intolerance. But you need to be deeply connected to Torah to make sure you're doing it right. We all aspire to Abbas Hashem. That's, uh, here's Shemayim we're less into today. Abbas Hashem, everybody's into Abbas Hashem. We're all over Hashem. Ah, What's the sign of Abbas Hashem with someone who loves God? So the great Rebarak Berlebevich, greatest Talmud of Chaim Soloveitchik, drew the answer from Tehillim. You pay attention to what you're saying? Those who love God hate evil. Hate evil. See the word sinna. You love God? If you're so tolerant for everything, it means you don't. You wouldn't be so tolerant if it was your honor at stake. You wouldn't be so forgiving if it was your money. You don't care so much. It's only God. Chill. Let's, let's just live and be friends. And in fact, those who merit a connection to true Shalmi de Chachamim find a lot of tolerance, a lot of love, a lot of warmth, undoubtedly. But hit them on certain topics, whoo, and you will see fire, smoke, a holy passion. This is a message for every Hanukkah. And it's a message that I think doesn't get across enough. You can think about why not. But in Hanukkah, Tavshin Pei Dalit, it's especially applicable. Israel, by far, is the most beautiful place in, in, in the earth to be right now. Because we are not united. Right, left, center. In our sinasara. In our hatred of something bad. In our willingness to go to Adasof. And if you think it's a simple thing, obviously, obviously not, just open up TikTok and the news and see how lost everyone else is, the Yavanim and the Misyavnim, and the Umas Olam, the protectors of society, lost, moral depravity, 
friends, of course, a very t- painful time to be here. But you have to know that you're lucky to be alive. I feel lucky to be alive at one of our greatest times in recent history. Now, I'd like to share some intolerance. <laughs> and bring the message home on a practical level. There's a term which I've heard in certain weeks that some use when referring to that so important part of our fighting forces, B'nai Torah, Yeshiva students. I saw a mother, just one example, but you can hear it in other places also. She writes a letter about how much her sons are learning and protecting the Chayalim. Very good. Very good. And she signs it, the mother of a true soldier. Do you hear what's wrong with that? What are you implying? Your son is a true soldier, and the boys getting shot at are not the true soldiers? It's sickening. Sickening. I have expressed many times from this podium the importance of learning during the war. But could you imagine someone intelligent, what we call Shonim Atayim, turning to his Golani brother and saying, I'm the true soldier, and you're... Are you really... So I turn to this mother, and many out there who think this way, and perhaps to avoid you guys ever thinking this way, are you so small? Are you so insensitive? Are you so insecure? All of the above are just plain dumb. Why speak like that? Why think like that? You have to be intolerant of such things. I didn't burn the newspaper. (laughs) Allow me to share something else. We are all up in arms what's going on in many top universities. And I shared in my last news how 37 years ago, Victor Miller cried that the universities are teaching to hate America and to hate all authority. But I have a question for many other Orthodox Jews. What's going on today bothers us. But why were we so tolerant? Not 37 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. As universities were becoming cesspools and full of heresy. Why was that okay to so many Orthodox Jews? Anti-Semitism we cannot tolerate. But anti-morals and anti-God we can tolerate. And not just tolerate, but put on a pedestal. Why is work hard, party hard okay? Why is being drunk for the weekend okay? Why is Nietzsche and purist Darwin okay? Why were we so tolerant for so long? And look what we got for that tolerance. Think about that. Think about that. We're too tolerant. Rebuzzi, I want to end with the secret of greatness. Great people have a certain intolerance for their faults and their lackings. The fire has to be directed inwards. And of course it has to be done in a healthy way. But great people are intolerant. Great athletes are intolerant. I can't not go to the left. I can't shoot free throws like this. How can I come late to davening? How can I let this bad me that continue in me? How can I speak to another yid in this way? How can I remain a person who doesn't learn know how to learn? How can I not hazard when I learn? Rebosa, this Hanukkah, as we bask in the fire of the neighbors, 
Let us remember that we all have a fire inside of us. A fire which needs to be developed and spread to warm others and bring light, but also to destroy all the bad that is still in the world. Happy Hanukkah.